1: Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Bar Chords, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. I am your host Joe Branton and this week, well this week, we're gonna be talking a little bit about Music Man guitars and more multi-effects. Yes, that's uh, that's right. Age the ages ago now, um uh, the, the lovely people at, at Music Man sent us a load of stuff and I've been I've been using it for various things. But I hadn't really spoken about it that much, so I want to talk about those things. But also, also we've got the the more GE three hundred, and you know I I, I realised that this is the the Moore GE three hundred is kind of just uh, it, you're just starting to see demos and th- well actually all the demos I think kind of came out in like June and stuff. It was it was obviously announced at Winter NAM, but then it's taken this long for them to get out. Pretty impressive piece of kit, a real upgrade and a real sort of. Um, a real like bargain for people in the sort of multi effects uh, recording, no amplifier for live gigs sort of thing. But anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. First of all, first of all, let's talk about Music Man guitars, right? Because um, obviously they're very, very good. Music Man sent us a, a couple of uh, of instruments, and one of them was the Stingray guitar. Their Stingray guitar. Which is very, very cool. So there, there, the Stingray came out along with the Cutlass uh, a handful of years ago. Now, the Cutlass was kind of Music Man's Strat-style uh, guitar with, you know, three single coils. And the Stingray... Did I say the Cutlass? Yeah, the Cutlass was that. And the Stingray was their double humbucking sort of bolt-on guitar. Kind of feels like... um. The Stingray is a bit more, this is your, like, modern application. I think of this as an absolute all-rounder. In many ways, it's a bit like, um, obviously, the, you know, the two humbucker thing they've been doing in the Albert Lees for some time. But I think the Albert Lee is real, like, people either love that shape or they're really not into it. This was much more kind of general purpose body shape but you know as you know well if 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 you don't know about a, about a year ago Music Man started roasting all the maple on their on their necks and the flame the quality of the flame on on the the necks of the Music Man guitars at the moment is absolutely outrageous like me and uh, me and Matt and Mark went to the Music Man factory a couple of years ago and just the the quality of stuff that they um, they were churning out was uh, was you know a- a- absolutely remarkable. Big big fan of Music Man, and they kind of I always thought their their price their pricing sits at a bit of a, a funny place because you know your your average Music Man's sort of between two and two and a half thousand pounds, but which is kind of custom shop territory. But they're not, you know, custom shops. They're sort of off-the-shelf things. But the quality is so incredibly high. So it's a bit of a weird one because you think, um, you know, you kind of define, I guess, pricing in the industry by Fender. Like, what Fender charging for a Mexican guitar? Well, that's how much, uh, you know, a guitar not made in the States that's good quality should be, you know, if that's 500 £600. Pounds. We know that that's like, that's the benchmark for a guitar... That's not rubbish, you know. And I'm, I'm a big fan of cheap guitars as well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's your that's your benchmark for a guitar that's uh, probably going to stay in tune, and uh, and and you know, be a guitar that's not a Squire, not an Epiphone, you know, not not some weird old Burns. It's uh, you know a, a benchmark of of standard, and then. Fender have their American line, and their American line's sitting at, like, you know, £1,200, £1,300. Pounds. It's creeping up. I know it's creeping up, but anyway, they're sitting around like that £1,200 pound mark, and you go, yes, between 1000 thousand and fifteen hundred and £1,500, pounds, that is how much money you spend for... That's the most amount of money you spend if you're not going to a custom shop, because, of course, if you want to go to a custom shop with Fender, you can go to their custom shop for £2,500, so when that's only kind of 500 quid more than an off-the-shelf guitar from Music Man, it's like, oh, this is awkward, because your guitars are more expensive than the most expensive American-made guitar from the, from the biggest company that makes guitars, but they're not customers oh, It's a, a bit of an awkward thing, but you have to view Music Man as something completely separate, because they make guitars in such a small quantity anyway, surprisingly, for such a, a big company. Honestly, like, you could... You could walk through their entire factory in you know five minutes flat. Like it's it's there's lots going on there, but it's not it's not as big as you might think. And I just think the quality they managed to put out is is quite impressive. I kind of like that they when we were there they were showing us all these flame maple necks, and we were like, uh, oh you know how um you guys obviously had to order in. You know all this uh, really expensive. What is it like? You know quadruple A flame maple next, and they were like, no, no, no. We we just got. Um, this is just how it's coming out. It's, we're really lucky with that. And they, you know, <laughs> I just I thought that was that was kind of great. Anyway, kind of back to the back to the stingray. The stingray is an, an absolute workhorse. I'm surprised I haven't seen it around in people's hands a little bit more. Um, I I think I see more. I wonder what's the most popular St. Vincent, uh, <laughs> St. Vincent, the most popular Music Man guitar that you see in people's hands. Is it still the Albert Lee? Hmm, I don't know. The this, this St. Vincent, I feel, had a spike in popularity that sort of died down with the fact that it, it is a very particular instrument. You know, we've got, uh, they've obviously sent us one, which I'm going to talk about as well. And, and we've got uh, our own, Guitar Nerds have our own. um sterling by music man St. vincent um and they're certainly great but it's very uh it's such a particular product anyway moving back to the stingray the stingray i kind of feel is like your perfect general purpose because you've got a trem and oh you know the the uh the the trem system on a the vibrato system on a um on a on music man guitars has this lovely like rounded off lower section to it which makes it very very comfortable for Palm muting, and I, I felt like a lot of this guitar really felt like it was um, kind of built around me. It was a very comfortable play, and I'm not really into that sort of thing. I love weird old vintage guitars that that make you fight them, but this is just very very comfortable. That gorgeous four x two headstock in the in the sort of flame to finish. Oh, it looks looks very good, and the uh, even the logo, the Stingray logo, they're now doing in like a black font with a gold outline that sort of spaghetti style logo just everything about this oozes premium the scratch plate's quite an interesting thing on a stingray guitar because it's um it's the scratch plate's a conventional shape i guess and in in many ways um the top half of it mimics the same way that the scratch plate works on a stingray bass but the rest of it doesn't because it uh, the lower horn, the scratch plate mirrors the lower horn much as it would on a stratocaster or a telecaster, whereas on a the music man stingray bass, is, is kind of oblong. But then the the control plate, which is what I meant when I was saying scratch plate, oh sorry, pit guard for the Americans. Um the control plate is um is really weird because it it, it gets thicker towards the lower half of it, which is which is quite unusual. I mean, I see the idea of the shape. They wanted to keep the line straight alongside the bridge, but then have it extend round to mimic what the scratch plate is doing, uh pit guard is doing on the other lower horn. But it's just a, it's just a weird thing because it's quite large, and then of course they've only got a uh, a volume and a and a tone control on there because your three way selector is dealt with on the upper horn, which is um. Uh, you know which is fun. i always always knock always knock pick up selectors that are in that location to be honest um i uh on my es seven one seven five because that's where you get them on 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 those and before then i you know I was playing a lot of strats and tellies where I didn't have that problem on the strats i never had that problem because i'm always on the bridge pickup and on the telly it's you know it's hard to knock because it's not at an angle where you're going to accidentally do that so when i when i started playing my gibson es 175 i was like well i'm never going to use the neck pickup on this anyway because it's a massive hollow body and it's you know a super you know woolly sounding instrument anyway and i play like half flats (laughs) so i'm never going to need a a neck pickup i ended up putting a bit and and this is this is horrible when you consider this a four thousand pound guitar i use a bit of gaffer tape to keep the uh to keep the selector down anyway um so the uh, music man stingray is available in a ton of colors like now that they've they've kind of redone it now it's this roasted thing great colors like the um they do like a vintage turquoise, thymus silver, charcoal frost, which are all kind of variations on surf colors. And then the, the new color they've got is aged buttercream, which is what they've sent us. Now, the aged buttercream comes with a black scratch plate and it and it has that that lovely vintage um, look and, and feel to it. That sort of punk rock. This is. What it is, no frills kind of look to it. I really like. They also do a coral red, which is obviously a bit like a fiesta red, which is lovely. And of course, charcoal sparkle and stealth black, which are their two. um, You know, the stealth black is obviously their metal color and the charcoal sparkle is their glam color. It's a mouthful of a color to say, but it's very impressive. Sort of big, dark, uh, sort of gray and silver, big flake, like chunky flake sparkly guitar very very cool very interesting um i really like these guitars i really think they're worth checking out if you're looking for something that's uh it's just the ultimate all-rounder like it's hh is obviously going to be that i i'm still not convinced by coil taps or coil splits or actually needing those sounds i really do think everything you can do with those with those three tones you know it's, it's certainly if you're using yeah plenty of Plenty of drives and modulations, delays, reverbs, other things like that. It really—I'm—I'm I'm not convinced, <laughs> but that you need that many. But then, but then you know, I like guitars with one pickup. So I, you know, different different strokes for different folks. Nonetheless, a super cool guitar. Incredible that the Sterling series is now is now doing them as well so affordably. But um, if you've never checked them out, get down to your local guitar shop and check one out. Okay. So the other guitar that we got sent through is the the new Music Man St. Vincent. Yes, I know it's love hate. Yes, some of you really didn't like it, and some of you absolutely loved it. And that seemed to be the thing. This is a Marmite guitar. You either think this is ridiculously awesome, or you're an idiot. You're one of those two things. Um, and of course, you know some people some people are idiots. So there's nothing nothing we can do about that. Anyway, the uh, the the model that they sent us through was the charcoal sparkle version of this. Now the difference is um that they've changed it to HH. The originals came with three mini humbuckers which I, I really like on the sterling one we got and and on all of the um triple mini humbucker ones that uh we'd played uh, that we'd played in the past. I thought they were uh, they were a ton of fun. Uh, really really good. Sounded like a supercharged stratocaster. Um you know, which which was fantastic. It was exactly what I wanted. Again, I was just on the bridge pickup all the time. But you know, having having a five way selector for something that was a bit more loud and aggressive was cool. I realised that's the reverse of what I just said. But it was quite fun playing those um, the outer phase settings on uh, on the uh, St. Vincent. Now this one is a bit more conventional. It's two humbuckers, which is a great idea because, of course, there were loads of people out there who were like really into the St Vincent but how many people are looking for a supercharged Strat in that sort of shape like how many Strat players are the sort of people that would buy a St Vincent it was I think it was a bit at odds I think of Strat players as being relatively conservative in their tastes bear in mind I also did own three Stratocasters until very recently but you know and then then you have this sort of weird 50s futuristic-y Music Man thing that kind of sounded a bit strat it was um it was a bit at odds. So I think the two humbuckers is a is a great idea. Although I'm pretty sure you still get like a five-way selector on this. Oh, let's see if I can actually find that information before uh, before the end. Yes, it is a five-way pickup selector with custom configurations. You know, tell me what the custom figure... I mean, I, I've got the guitar sitting over there in a hard case. Safe, safely in a hard case. I decided not to do sound samples of these because I realized that they're just going to sound like guitars. Like, they sound fantastic, but, you know, the sound samples are really best when I'm doing either effects or amps or something like that. So uh, they are very, very good. And there is obviously plenty of, um, uh, plenty of content out there on the Internet on these guitars. I really do think these are worth checking out. I mean, again, it's a big old chunk of money. It's a big old investment, whatever these are, two, two and a half grand, something like that. But my goodness, they look incredible. And they do a wicked range of colours as well. So they've got the charcoal sparkle. You also have Blue Dawn, which is kind of a sort of blue burst, which is also sparkly, but it's like small sparkles rather than big sparkles, which is incredible that they bothered to make such a different finish. And then there's the Sea Breeze, which is a lovely, um, like a gorgeous uh, sort of uh, Daphne blue or maybe a sonic blue with a white guard. And then they also do a stealth black. If you want to be all metally with it, which is quite cool, what I really like about these, I mean, other than things like the the little pearl tuners, is ebony ebony boards now with um with the roasted maple neck. Oh, just I, I tell you what, that might be that's my favourite combo. I know we're going through this big sort of hipstery roasted maple uh, point in time, but I am really into ebony boards with um, the roasted maple neck and. The inlays on the St. Vincent, oh, they're so good, because they're the St. Vincent symbol. Sort of part of their symbol anyway. It's like the circly things. It's part of it, I think it's S's or whatever that are overlaid, but they look like circles. It's something along those lines. Anyway, they look very cool. It's a very cool guitar. I think it's a very... As I've said, a very particular thing, but my goodness, absolutely. If you have not checked out the new HH St. Vincent, I think they're very worth checking out. They are super cool. All right. Now, I also said we were going to talk about the Moor GE300, which is Moore's new-ish, um, you know, throwing their towel into the ring of the Helix um, GT1000 Axe FX Kemper floor thing. <laughs> uh, style all in one solution. Now, of course, earlier in the year we, we did actually get the um hot tone Ampiro, which was their version of it. And of course, Moore had previously released the um the G two hundred. Um, I think it was the two hundred, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, the G two hundred. Same as the Ampiro. It was kind of what I expected them to release. It, it you know, it had a um it had three foot switches and a uh, a volume control, a volume pedal on there. Um, and, you know, had some had some digital effects in there. And it was fine. Same as the ampere It was fine. Totally fine. Would I use it for any sort of professional stuff? No, but you know what? If I was just at home kicking around, then I'd use it. I think it's a load of fun. I think the sounds were, in both cases, a touch too digital to get away with live but that's what you're doing isn't it you're you're investing in something for a few hundred pounds that can do literally everything now that is not at all the case with the ge300 so the ge300 they actually more have actually upgraded all of the effects in the insides of this so if you'd heard the ge200 and and were you know only mildly impressed then you know the ge300 if anything if they'd have given it a totally different name that might be better because this is a totally different thing what I really like about this is it they haven't just tried to copy the helix or the camper it very much has its own um, its own setup on the front on on the front panel its own own way of controlling it which I found very straightforward very easy very very quick to learn and that's kind of one of my things with this um, it was one of my initial crypto
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: So, this is with the GT1000, although, you know, I, th- I think the GT1000 is a fantastic piece of equipment. Um, I wanted to do an unboxing video of that back when I worked at GAC. And I wanted to do the Boss GT1000 when it had just come out. And I couldn't work out how to, and this is probably more a comment on me than anything else. I couldn't work out how to edit a patch without getting the manual, and you know what boss manuals are like. Whereas um, certainly on this G three hundred, and the same with the the Helix and the Headrush, you know, with a with a, a little bit of common sense, you can work out how to navigate the controls. So, so what have we what have we got? So we've got a uh, an 8-foot switch, well, there are 10-foot switches, but two of them will be ascribed to banks, 8-foot switches, and you've got your, your volume pedal on there. And it's got all the same ins and outs as a, um, as a Helix LT, a Line 6 Helix LT. So you've got your XLR outs to go straight to the front of house with the amp models, which is super useful, really convenient. Um, 650 british pounds i don't know exactly what that is in dollars i I assume with (laughs) assume it's yeah getting worse every day um which is about 100 pounds less than a helix lt you know what would have been great if this was 100 pounds less than that because if i was gonna spend 650 You are £100 away from a company that Line 6 certainly have an awful lot of heritage and very, very respected in this field. More are are still very much the new kids on the block with this sort of thing. Um, So, you know, I would have liked it to be a little bit less. Nonetheless, even with that, I don't mean to say that that's a bad thing because at £650, this is the most affordable multi-effects all-in-one unit on the market. It's the most affordable and... Guys, it's fantastic. It sounds really good. It's different. It's it's different. They're not just trying to it's not just trying to copy everything else. And there's tons in there, sure. But um it has some really neat things anyway. Let's talk about sort of the basic things so you get. You get 108 amp models in there and uh 43 cab speaker models but you can Upload your own IR, so you can add more cabs if you want. I kind of think of the cab thing as just like a nice bit of EQ shaping with these um, with these multi effects. I'm not really too fussed. Like I don't know how much effect they're really going to have. Pro- prove me wrong, you know. Mess- message on the on the Facebook Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Katana's forum and tell me, am I wrong about cab sims? Are they more important than I think? I don't think they are, but Anyway, so there you go. Got all of uh, got all of those. 108, 108 amps. Forty three cabs. Hundred and sixty four effects, and an effects loop, which is very good. So if you have a particular effect that you're a big fan of, you can introduce that just like you can on the Line Six Helix. It was, of course, that feature was Boss's main selling point with the MS three was the fact that it was a multi effects with an effects loop. But now everything has it is a good idea, that's why. Um, Tone Capture is the name of their sort of IR sampling thing, but um, yeah. You can sample the tonal characteristics of guitar, amplifier, stomp box, and cabinets to create new digital preamp models. Very, very cool indeed. However, the thing that I thought was the coolest is they've included um they've included a synthesizer uh, on um, on the G three hundred, a synth engine. Sorry, I should I should call it a complex synth engine. They're really sort of selling it on this. Um, the synth engine's not like uh, not I guess like the Line Six where you've got like maybe I don't know maybe five ten different types of synth- synthesizery things synthy effects that you can mess around with. This is one. This is one synth engine, which consists of, and, you know, your input is split out into three separate oscillators, which run into three separate pitches, and then three separate filters, which then can all have their level controlled independently, and then run back together, whilst you are also able to run your own dry out, um, to run along with there. So, um, yeah. So, all, you know, you can... Can control all the waveform, pitch, attack, levels, filters, and an arpeggiator individually on all three of these voices, which is massive. That's a massive deal. That's huge, and you know that's this. This there's so much stuff you can create, so many different t- tones from there. But without presets, I kind of liked that. I really liked that about this. They were just like, here's this fun thing, not sort of here are. Our here are a thousand presets, all disguised as you getting a new thing. They're just like, oh, here's this, uh, here's this synth, synth engine. Do what you want with it. So, essentially, essentially, that's what I did. <laughs> I was getting very involved in the synth engine because I figured, yes, do you know what? Yeah, there are some amplifiers on there. There are a load of amplifiers. Some of them are clean. Some of them metally. Some of them are gainy. There's some effects. And you know some cab models, and I think if you're listening to these on headphones or in your car, you know they're they're, they're going to sound they're going to sound good. They're going to sound the same. But so, <laughs> so, and essentially, I was like, there are loads of videos online about this. Not many have gone in depth on the synth engine. So what I did was try to create a load of different synths. Appreciate <laughs> this is probably not what you want from the G300. I just wanted to do some sound samples of the. Uh, of the different synth engines because it can do all this crazy stuff Like like here are some examples of some of the crazy stuff it can do. Like this? Basically it's it's an awful lot of fun, I think. That's, that's kind of what you can that's what you can garner from that. And and I did think it sounded very good. One thing that's important to me is can you make can you make these things sound really good with like a nice kind of smooth clean sound? I'm not sure about demoing drives in this sort of capacity when you're going to be listening to them on headphones or in a car stereo. I just I don't know if anyone's ever going to really get them. I know I did a drive shootout last week, but I think it's going to be my last sort of drive shootout because I, can't, I think I might sort of steer more towards this sort of thing because I think it's easier to get an understanding of how good it sounds. So I was able to just set myself up a clean patch. You know, I used um, a nice orange-inspired 412 cab i used um, a a fender tweed deluxe style head a little bit of analog delay and a touch of very tasteful spring reverb just to just to have a little bit of a a little bit of a clean riff so we could sort of hear hear what it sounds like when i'm not just you know not just being an idiot 650 British pounds, you can pick that up now if you are thinking about making the move to digital multi-effects it's a very good option you know, there is, of course Kemper uh, dominating the top end of that price point and I think the Kemper stuff is absolutely fantastic, it certainly looks the coolest in that lovely green and black chassis, the GT1000 is probably technically the best sounding i mean it, it it probably is but it's simultaneously the least fun because it's uh it's a super functional one the line six helix you know is is my favorite obviously the one i went for is really good because it's it's literally jam-packed full of stuff and and the one thing that you're guaranteed with line six is constant updates but this more was very very good like there was nothing that i was doing where i was like hmm this doesn't sound that great. I thought it was a fantastic alternative. Uh, if you're looking to save some money. Really good. Really worth checking out. Great interface, like really strong interface. Um one thing I do on the line six a lot is uh it's got a little joystick on it, and oh I need to I want to change that effect and you're sort of scrolling over, you're clicking over, and accidentally you, you rotate the stick because the stick can also go round and rotating it. At, like goes on to an effect and then you've added an effect to it and it's like oh I've got to delete that I'll scroll across some more what one thing I really liked about the mur G 300 was their use of buttons now I'm not sure about the longevity of just of, of having the amount of plastic buttons on the front of this pedal considering that you know it's going to be on the floor and these are very you know the, these these aren't sort of big metal buttons they're little like old sort of TV switches or something on the front so yeah, so they've got loads of buttons, each each assigned to something. So you know, one will say delay, one says reverb, one says amp, one says cap. You can press them, and it immediately brings you to that um, that effect. So great for on the fly because there's no scrolling scrolling around and stuff. And that was uh, that was really really useful. Um, very cool product. Check it out. Now that all pretty much brings us to the end of this week's episode of of Barcodes. There's only one more, only episode 10 to go. Episode 10 is going to be exciting. I'm going to be talking about Every Tone. If you want to get a heads up on what I'm talking about next week, I would say go to everytone.com and tell me tell me what you think. Anyway, before we uh, before we go, I want I, I'm, I'm going to yeah, this is my podcast. I can do this if I want. I wanted to uh, be a little selfish and give you a little sneak peek. I just finished um just finished my most recent record with uh, with my band Polymath now listener if you if you don't know um about my the guitarist in my band um Tim Walters it's very interesting fellow. He's a left-handed guitarist who plays right-handed instruments, or at least he plays left-handed instruments with the bridge turned around and the strings up the other way. We also play in, uh, in new standard tuning or frip tuning, which means uh, we're in fifths, um, which is always fun for me trying to work out what his riffs are when I have to sort of turn my head upside down and then remember that all his notes are in a different place (laughs) to mine, which is no fun. Anyway, so we just finished this new record. Tim's always been very expressive with pedals. Um, You know, always had massive pedal boards and then always the first guy to move on to the, you know, the next sort of, the next big thing, Um, albeit as cheaply as he possibly can. Um, And he essentially recently has discovered, my goodness, does he love the sound of a coptois. So we recorded our new record, and I would say that his tone is uh, is just one sort of pinch and lifted mid the whole way through. I really liked it. I thought it was a really interesting tone to go for. So anyway, our new record's not coming out until November, but to uh, finish off this podcast, um, you know, instead of the normal jingle, I'm going to play you a little excerpt from our new track sensors in everything i will see you next week well, i won't see you i'll talk into a microphone and you'll hopefully listen next week for the last episode in season one of barquets don't worry there will still be a um uh, a new series uh, coming out shortly after that but me and mark have to take it in turns for creative ideas he's not going to give me that uh, sort of level of control is he So join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds. Watch our YouTube videos, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. And if you want a little bit extra, then why not head on over to patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds and see all the lovely things that we've got available there. You'll also be uh, paying my (laughs) wages. I am so poor. I'll um, see you next week. Farewell.